123, Gresham Keith here with you. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego coming up at 2 o'clock. They will have their uh, leave a welcome message for Draymond Green line that uh, they'll be unloading today before Game 3. That's coming up at 2 o'clock. Joining us now on the Harbor One hotline from WEEI.com, uh, is this your 20th OTAs or mandatory OTAs, Andy Hart, that you've had to stand down there and watch them do these workouts? Is it 20 years for you? Uh, it's probably more. This is 2022. Yeah. Um, two, 2000. This might be 23. Oh my We're coming God. up on a quarter century. Quarter wow. century. Wow. So you've seen. So you have seen some things. What were some of the things that you've seen today that stood out to you in day two of OTAs? Well, you guys know I'm not necessarily the uh, stat-keeping type on the quarterbacks. I leave that to others on Twitter. That's, that's their thing, and I'm okay with that. Uh, Mac Jones is continuing to throw the ball really well. Uh, I don't know what his completion percentage is or his passer rating, but I can tell you he is uh, zipping the ball down the field, making some, uh, some plays. Another one deep today to uh, Trey Nixon, the young receiver, um, where they toasted Sean Wade. Um, and he continues to be – energetic he continues to look like a veteran quarterback in terms of the management of his receivers where he wants them and when he wants them there so uh i know everybody can cannot get enough of the mac jones coverage and uh i think he's having himself a really nice couple days of minicamp here are the receivers potentially better than we think like going into this season i would have had that group compared to the rest of the nfl in the very very bottom tier but is there a chance they're a little bit better than that uh, I think there is. Um, Devontae, if, every, if everybody you get their upside, I think there's the potential for the group to be better than, yeah, Mike Tannenbaum, I know he had that list. I think he had them tier seven. They were down with, like, the Bears tier and seven. teams like that. That's a lot of tiers. Um, yeah, um, but, the you know, Devontae Parker, if he's a 1,200-yard type receiver, even if the numbers aren't there, but he's that kind of player, um, that's, a, that's a boon right there. If Kendrick Bourne grows through more opportunities than he had last year that's a boon right there and uh you know Tyquan Thornton I think he's looked pretty good for a raw speedster track guy rookie receiver um I think he's looked pretty good so I'd say those three guys right there and then you get your usual Jacoby Myers and who knows what Nelson Aguilar is although I will say he had a nice ball down the left sideline today whatever he about yeah I think the upside of this group is there but um, that's what this time of year is also all about. I feel like June in shorts, you get more optimistic about skill position players, and then you get into real football and you start to wonder why you were so optimistic. Uh, I know that Ramondre Stevenson and others were asked about the, I don't know how you want to term it, Andy, new offense, new plays, different terminology, whatever. I know his quote was, it's not too difficult. Is there anything jumping out to you that is different that they're doing in practice that was different compared to years past? No, not really. I think more is the made of that than needs to be. You know, Bill used the word streamline, um, talked about terminology a little bit. We knew, you know, thanks to Jakob Johnson, that maybe there would be no fullback or less fullback. We've certainly seen that play out on the practice field here. Um, but I haven't seen any dramatic uh, veering off to steal a, a pun from Bill that they're not going to run the veer offense that – um, really jumps out to you. No, like they, they look like the Patriots offense to me. And, and I'm a little, you know, this whole streamlining of terminology, like, okay, maybe Josh McDaniel's plays were a little wordy and maybe he and Brady over the course of two decades got to a 
201 or a 301 level, um, but it worked. So I'm, I know Mike Onwenu yesterday when he talked to us was like, yeah, it really seems the same. There's a few new words. Like, I think we're making too much of this. What do you think of the, the flip-flop at tackle with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn? I think it's um, really interesting. I, I'm not sure I know exactly what to make of it. Um, my first takeaway is feels like the offensive line is a house of cards or one of those big backyard Jenga games and somebody's about to pull out the bottom piece. Um, there's just not a lot of depth there, and you're counting on Trent Brown to be healthy at left tackle. you got a rookie that's penciled in as the starter at left guard, and then Isaiah wins at a new position that we haven't seen him play. Um, so I wonder why now. You know, the, they had this opportunity a year ago, and, and Bill had the opportunity, if he wanted to, to move Trent Brown to left tackle. Uh, had the opportunity to get on Wenu in the lineup, and they didn't. You know, they stuck with Win at left tackle. They put Ted Karras in at guard. Now there's, like, a lot of moving pieces here early in the process, but I also am not going to disregard it. I'm not going to take bills. You know, we, we build depth and flexibility in a, a variety of ways. Like, to me, it looks like they are, are at least thinking about the idea of Trent Brown being their left tackle, and that part of it I like because I think he's their best left tackle when he's healthy and on the field. I think he proved that. Back in 18. I know you love a good conspiracy theory, Andy Hart, but are are right tackles a little cheaper than left tackles to keep? Is there any of that in play going into the final year of the Isaiah Wynn contract here in New England? I I think in this day and age, it's minimal. Um, You know, I've seen some numbers where averages are not that different. If you're a good lineman and teams overpay, and I mean, hell, guard, right? Joe Tooney got $80 million to go play guard in our in kansas city so um the money has kind of been a little more divvied out consistently even centers get some big deals now um and i just i don't know i i find it hard to believe they really want isaiah win long term based on the amount of time he's been not on the field and the inconsistency when he's been on the field so i don't care what the position is it would kind of stun me at this point if they signed him to a big contract extension and kept him in the fold after this year our buddy Andy Hart of WEEI.com is with Gresham Keefe on the Harbor One Hotline. As you can tell in the background, Andy Hart is at Patriot OTAs, where it looks like they uh, just wrapped up for the day. Uh, there's been a lot made of Jack Jones defensively, Andy Hart. You got to lay your eyes on him. What do you make of this kid? Yeah, he uh, he had a nice interception here uh, for the defense against the scout team. Bailey Zappi was not zappy with himself after that throw. Rich oh, Keith, that's for you. Very <laughs> nice. up on him. Very on. nice, Andy Hart. Way to get the dad joke oh. in there. Keith, visually <laughs> grown. Terrible. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Be here all the day. Um, I, yeah, he's uh, he is he is sparked. I, I mean, I think I, last time I talked to you guys at one of the OTAs, like he jumped off the field. Um, he's around the ball. He seems to be pretty physical, pretty handsy. He got beat, I will say. For a deep ball to Aguilar that um, he was pulling the old Ty Law. He had a big old handful of Aguilar's jersey and still gave up the deep play. Um, I think he's an intriguing guy. And given the lack of um, proven bodies or, or what commodities at cornerback and all the openings, I think, and roles that are available there, uh, I think he's in the mix. And from what I've seen, he's grown a little bit practice to practice, and I think that's important. I had heard some things that maybe he – uh, was looking very raw in the rookie mini camp, and now he doesn't. He looks like he fits in athletically to me, and you know he was a guy that was a great prospect coming out of high school, went to USC. He's had his issues, um, but I think Jack Jones has been one of the uh, 
the early standout plays. And as I speak, he just batted away a ball from Nelson Aguilar on the goal line. So he gets a, a pass defense early in this uh, late segment of seven on seven. Is everybody there? Like, or at least everybody that's supposed to be there, there? Yes. Uh, Kendrick Bourne was not here yesterday, is here on the field today. Um, the two guys that have not been here are a couple of young offensive linemen, the Stuber kid and the, the Chase and Hines kid. Um, but yeah, Judon has been back. Uh, virtually everybody's back. And Bill said anybody that wasn't here, he had spoken with and was excused. And there's even a couple, uh, couple tryout kickers here. I'm not exactly sure their names, but wow. uh, Nick Folk has not been out here today. But yeah, we got some tryout kickers that have been trying their hand at field goals. And I do want to get this in because you won't ask about it, but I need to offer it up. <laughs> if you ask me who the best player at his job has been through two days of training camp, he wears number seven, and his name is Jake Bailey. Been absolutely effing crushing the football wow. uh, minicamp here. So he's not going to take a pay cut. Wow, Gresh, Gresh I know. Saying they're not going to keep him around for $4 million bucks, but if he's punting the snot out of it, he might. Doesn't it I seem... I now firmly believe he was hurt last year. He was on the injury report with ah. a knee, oh. and now when I see him booming the ball, I think that knee injury was probably a bigger deal than we gave him credit for and led to some of the struggles. And he looks healthy, and he looks... Every bit the guy he was a year before was when he was an all-pro caliber punter. For $4 million, I figure they'll have him do both jobs to be the punter and the kicker. <laughs> he, he might be up to it the way his leg looks uh, early in King. He looks ah. fresh, fresh as lettuce. Oh, I was going to say, uh. you impart chuckle because it's hard uh. to grasp Bill Belichick, $4 million, and punter all going together in the uh, in the same sentence. Andy Hart, had, did anybody else jump out to you today? And if not, I will follow that with... Uh, I guess an 11 on 11 yesterday, Patricia was calling the plays and then seven on seven. It was uh, uh, Joe judge. Did you notice anything in terms of the play calling there? If there wasn't anybody that jumped out to you? Well, the play calling thing seems to be following the same, um, same plan as yesterday when it's seven on seven and Patricia's therefore off in a different area with the offensive linemen. Joe judges with the skill players and the quarterbacks. He calls the plays. Then when they've done, 11-on-11 work, it seems like Patricia's calling the plays, and he is using a little handheld walkie-talkie to radio them into the uh, the helmet of Mac Jones and the quarterback. So there's there's been some consistency there over the first couple days here. So uh, based on what we're seeing, I think we have to at least be open to the possibility that Patricia could, uh, could be calling the plays as, I'm sure you guys saw me take my victory lap on Twitter earlier today, as I first predicted on January 27th wow. on the Merloni and Fourier show. Uh, serious question. If before that happened, <laughs> no, no, and congratulations on getting that right. But thank you, thank you. Before the, and I brought this up to Gresh yesterday, so I'm curious what you think. Before the season started, and and somebody just asked you of all of the coaches in the NFL, if you had to pick one who you would want to call plays for your team the least, would Matt Patricia have been your answer? <laughs> Um, no, I would put Joe Judge lower on that list. I, think, because, <laughs> All right, fair I mean, at least Matt Patricia has called plays and has thought about sort of the, the cat and mouse game of offense versus defense and, and gotten a feel for the, the trends of the game and everything. He's just done it from the mirrored perspective of a defensive coordinator. Joe Judge has never really done it. And when he's had much of an impact on an offense, it's been it's been bad. It's, it's been a really bad offense. So, yeah, I, I, I would put Patricia on the more likable list of uh, play callers, even though it doesn't seem like a great plan either way. Although, uh, as I wrote this morning, are, are we overblowing this? Is it really just about what we talked about earlier? If the receivers are better than we think, and if Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are better than we think, they'll probably be fine. And if they're not, 
it won't really matter who calls plays because you don't have enough talent to, to keep up. Maybe. I just, the second-year quarterback thing scares me because I think we look around the league, and when young quarterbacks go through multiple coordinators, we usually say, well, there's a reason why like they didn't really make a big leap forward. So that that's my concern. Right. Yeah. And I would say, speaking of concern with Mac Jones, I don't know if it's a concern, but uh, he did not have a knee brace on yesterday. He is wearing his uh, big old clunky Don Joy knee brace for, uh, for practice today. So just put that in the back of your mind just in case. Uh, hey, I saw that Belichick was, like, uh, doing shotgun snaps to Mac and maybe teaching a yep. running back something. Has Bill been a little more engaged in the offense than you're maybe used to seeing, or is he just kind of roams around like a nomad? He's, he's roaming around today. He has spent the last 45 minutes talking to what I believe is a college coach on the sideline. And I don't know who the guy is, but Considering Bill Belichick's time and the value of it, uh, I'm impressed or, or intrigued by who this guy is he's been talking to throughout practice. Um, but Bill has been physically as engaged as we've ever seen him in terms of what he's doing. Like yesterday, you mentioned it. He was shotgun snapping. He was covering some receivers, running backs in the flat. He was serving as like an H-back motion man on the scout team. He even had one of those little red beanie caps on covering his hat so that he, you know, everybody knew he was the, the scout team player like for a 70-year-old guy, I gotta, I gotta admit, it's been pretty impressive with how uh, active Bill has. Oh my! Trey Nixon just made a one-handed grab deep down the the left side this guy's to beat killing Jonathan it. Jones yet again. Wow! Uh, Trey Nixon is the talk of camp right now, and Mac Jones runs down the field to celebrate with him. This Trey Nixon, that Trey Ernie Nixon? Adams pick. Uh, don't, don't sleep on Trey Nixon. He's getting. Oh my God! The offense is going nuts. Devonte Parker there celebrating as a unit. Wow, Trey Nixon. He's our, is he going to be our Brian Timms this year? Is he going to be that guy? Or is he, he has real he's Bam, power? He's Bam Childress. Is that where you're going, Keith? <laughs> no, I think he has more potential than that, quite honestly. The way he, he got extra reps yesterday because Kendrick Bourne wasn't here, I think. It seemed like he was taking some of Bourne's reps. And I thought he showed pretty well. And anytime you do that, I think you can continue to snowball that for the positive. So nice. Jack Jones on defense and Trey Nixon on offense. Watch out for the young fellas. Oh, uh, hey, speaking of that is uh, what's the deal with Nikhil Harry? Does he look? Have you seen him? Is he alive? Is he uh, there? I can confirm that he is here. Other than that, I got nothing. I mean, I don't. He is <laughs> unremarkable. He reported. Okay, he's. He's running right down the field right now, right towards me, and um, punch him in the face. Slap him! I'm here, bitch. <laughs> uh, read Andy Hart's work at weei.com. Hart, thank you, friend. We appreciate the update. We'll talk to you tomorrow. My pleasure, boys. See ya.